To continue from where we uh, left off in our previous podcast, chapter 43 and chapter 4 of the book of Isaiah is a description of Israel as God's servant. And in that servanthood, the Lord said, I'm going to do a new thing for you. Actually, through the chapter, we have read some verses in that previous podcast, but let me read a few more verses. God says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What were some of the new things that God was going to do through his people, through Israel, his servant? Well, he said, I have redeemed you. I I have redeemed you. In other words, he's saying, I've given you a new freedom because redemption has to do with freedom. It's the buying back. It's the buying out of slavery, someone who is being sold for a price. And sin pays wages, but sin demands a price. But praise God today, the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price to redeem you and me. We needed a Redeemer, and Israel needed a Redeemer. And he became that Redeemer, depicted in the Passover Lamb of Exodus, depicted in the glorious deliverance. And right there we have this picture, Fear not, I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. And of course he says, when I redeemed you and bought you out, he said, I uh, give you my word that I would be with you in every situation and in every circumstance. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. It may just be that you have uh, logged on to this website today and you're listening to me and you're uh, wondering just where does this all fit in in your life because you're a stranger to the Lord. You don't know him. You've never experienced his redeeming power and grace and saving effect in your heart and in your life. Well, you can come to him today. Thank God the cross of Calvary and the wonderful atoning death of the Lord Jesus Christ has paid the price, ransoming those who will come. And he gave his life a ransom for all. Yes, I believe that. There are no favorites and there is none excluded except those who exclude themselves. Yes, and not only were they to experience a new freedom, but they would have a new commission, a new uh, role in life. You will be my witnesses. This nation was going to be a witness to the nations of the world. And that was gloriously fulfilled 700 years later in a grand measure through the coming of the Spirit and on the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed and then uh, began its great crusade and mission that reached across the then-known world. So in verse 10, God says, You are my witnesses. He had challenged the gods of the foreign and heathen nations to bring forth their testimony and to bring forth their witness, but they didn't have one because the idols of the world have mouths, but they speak not. They don't have a beating heart, but our God is a living God and he's a speaking God. 
and he speaks into his people's hearts and tells them who he is and what he wants to do and how he works and there then to be that sounding board for him to a lost and needy mankind and to tell the world that this is the only Savior because it's like what he has said, I, even I, am the Lord and beside me there is no Savior. Yes, and then he says, there will be a new exodus a new exodus. When Isaiah is writing here, Babylon is in the future. It's a captivity which they were going to pass through on account of their disobedience and their transgression against God and against light. And Isaiah, seeing this in his uh, inspirational moment as he's writing the scriptures is telling them that there will be a captivity, there will be a bondage that will come on them. But he said, there will be a new exodus. I will bring you out. And if you know your Bible, you will know that in Daniel's day that came about because Daniel, after being in captivity for those 70 years in Babylon, could see that God said, I will bring my people out from Babylon. I will bring them back into their land. I will plant them in their own land. This would be the new thing that God would do. And that's what the promise is about in chapter 43 and verse 19. I will do a new thing. If we take this out of its context somewhat and bring it into a New Testament context, we can see it then in its fullest fulfillment. We can see the promise in full flower. And it's a promise that's extensive because it speaks of this springing forth In my mind's eye, I see a living fountain springing forth. The life of the Spirit is characterized by vibrancy. Revival in the church is a breaking forth of spiritual power. It is a springing forth into a new dawn, into a new morning, into a fresh new day. And it's a vibrant experience. The church in the apostolic age, was a vibrant church. Are you vibrant in your life? Because the church is made up of individuals. Or is this mighty spirit, who is limitless in his power, stymied and straightened in your heart and in your life, and you don't have that vibrancy that is promised in the promise of God? Not only is it that, but it's visible. And he says, shall you not know it? Now, I know that when we read that, uh, the, the prophet is saying, can this be so and you cannot see it? You cannot see it? Do you not recognize the operation of the Spirit? There are those today who don't recognize the operation of the Spirit. They don't see all that God wants to be to them in the outpouring of the Spirit of God in their lives and the fullness of the Spirit through their lives. God says, can you not see that I want to take your life and I want to empower you and make you my living, vibrant witness? And I want you to be that person who through your life brings rivers in the desert and uh, in the wilderness makes a way 
because through you and through me, he wants us to go into the wilderness of a lost society, into the dry desert lands of human hearts, and he wants us to bring the life of the Spirit, a promise that is extensive. Yes, and even through this uh, medium today, through the World Wide Web, through the ministry of this great, privileged, opportune moment in history. Thank God we can bring a message to the wilderness of society, to the desert of this world that will lift people from dryness and dearth into life and vibrancy in Jesus Christ. Don't you agree with me that we need a new awakening of God? We need revival It's God we need, isn't it? Yes, it is. And here's a people that are expressive. Because in verse 21 of chapter 43 of Isaiah, we read, This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. The Lord has his people. He has his people everywhere. And he has a people like you and like me today who have been bought, with the price of the Savior's blood and brought into the family of God and have been birthed in the Spirit. And he longs to possess you completely and fill you like I've just been saying in that promise that is extensive. Here are a people who are expressive. Now, what is the calling of God's people in New Testament terminology? Here it is, to show forth the praises of him who has called them out of darkness into his marvelous light. And when we read Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, we read these words, the disciples and the apostles in the early church continued daily in the temple with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God. We live in a world that has lost its capacity to recognize the Lord Jesus Christ. If he is to be seen and known, then it rests upon the shoulders of his people to be those living epistles known and read of all men. I am inspired by Peter, the apostle, who after being forbidden to speak of Jesus Christ in the council said, We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Yes, that's true. If it's real to you, then you cannot but speak the things which you have seen and heard, and in so doing, you become a living witness. And then there is a plenitude that is extravagant, because in chapter 44 and verse 3, it says, I will pour water on him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. We have fast forwarded 700 years from this wonderful prophecy in the chapter 44 of Isaiah. Two disciples are on the road to Emmaus. Their best friend has been put to death on a cross just that same weekend. And as they're walking along with sadness enveloping their hearts, a stranger draws alongside. They didn't recognize that it was their friend. 
the risen Lord Jesus Christ. They began to talk about the events that had happened in Jerusalem, about the crucifixion and so forth. And they actually said, well, some of our friends told us this morning that he was risen from the dead, but they weren't sure about that. But it says, in beginning at Moses, that's the first five books of the Bible, and all the prophets, and that would include Isaiah, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. We read that in Luke chapter 24 and verse 27. They rushed back to the company at Jerusalem after he had revealed himself to them in the breaking of bread as they drew near uh, to the little village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. They hurried back, and there as they were recounting what had just happened that evening, he suddenly appeared in the midst again to the eleven and expounded from the law, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning himself. And then he said in the same passage of Scripture, And ye are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Isn't it interesting that when he expounds to them concerning himself from the prophetic scriptures, from the prophets, that then he says to them, You are my witnesses. They didn't have a New Testament. They didn't have New Testament scriptures, but they had Old Testament promises and prophesies that were to be brought into a New Testament age and have their fullest fulfillment. How much more we, who now have both Old and New Testament scriptures and have a full revelation in the Bible, are to take that message and be his witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth, And instead of being the butt of mockery, a people laughed at, they would be a nation of which it would be an honor to be a member. Because in verse 5 of chapter 44 in Isaiah we read, One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel." Now the people wanted to be identified with this people, this exuberant people, this effective witnessing people. What a day it would be if people were milling around the church and gathering around the people of God and saying, we want to be one of you. We want to join your band. We want to be with the people of God because your life and your testimony has been so infectious that it has drawn them to see the Lord Jesus Christ and to acknowledge him as their Savior and Lord and Master. Yes, I will do a new thing. These are new days for me in this ministry. These are new days for me in this type of ministry, rather. But it has been my privilege to be involved in this kind of ministry and to be this kind of witness now for over 50 years. And the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven. My heart overflows. The longer I serve him, 
the sweeter he grows. And may the Lord bless this little message to your heart.